Welcome to What Lies Behind the Thin, Thin Veil of Reality. Today I've got Norris Ephron. Norris is, uh, of course, a world-renowned author. Uh, we we normally uh, talk, uh, Norris, don't we, over the phone. Uh-huh. But uh, today we've got you in person here in studio, and I couldn't be more delighted. Thanks so much for coming in. Well, it's wonderful to be here. I think I'm not uh, stretching too long a bow if I uh, infer that a lot of the objects here in the studio also like it a lot. Uh, Norris Ephron, ladies and gentlemen, I should explain, is the author of uh, uh, Speaking to Pebbles. He is a world-class rock whisperer. He has uh, spoken to minerals and uh, heck. Uh, and if, if I if I can interject, and they've spoken to me. Well, that's that's the whole point, and that's what I want our listeners to know about your incredible discoveries in the fascinating hidden world of rocks. Well, let me just dive right in. I noticed you have several rocks. I brought in a couple of. This is an old uh, piece of pyrite. Uh, it's uh, fool's gold. What do you do? Do you have to hold it in your hand, or do you have to? You would think that I'd have to somehow touch it, but I, I don't. Yeah. I no. don't. You know, if I could uh, wax philosophic for one moment. Please. Let me just first say that the world really is one floating pebble in the universe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a rock mm-hmm. itself. The ability that I have really is an ability that all of us have. But, of course, they'd have to train. I have studied and trained Where for many, did you many, do many your years. training, Norris? Because uh, that's obviously a very arcane kind of subject. You don't see it listed on any uh, college uh, <laughs> pamphlets. or. I pitched a tent on top of Old Flat Top Baldy in Yosemite National Park where I studied with a young master uh, who since uh, disappeared. Did you happen to just meet him up there, or did you know he was up there? Uh, I went up, this, went I went up, up there, there specifically. Okay. I went up there specifically to see him, and I paid him in cash. Mm-hmm. It's the only currency he would take. He's a man of the earth. And I learned a lot from him. We listened to the earth's crust, the mantle, the igneous rocks, mm-hmm. your pumice, mm-hmm. your basalt. Mm-hmm. The, the, the groans of Mother Nature, as, how, as what he called it. Did it all come to you at once? I mean, did you hear things straight off, or did you have to kind of strain to listen and, and pick out, uh, you know, like uh, sometimes when people talk to the dead, it takes a while before they recognize that those whispers and those moans that, uh, actually have some meaning behind them. Mm-hmm. You have to be one with the rock, and that's what he uh, advised me to do. Many times we'd go down to the stream, and we would load our pants pockets with rocks, mm. and uh, he was a wonderful, wonderful teacher. I now am, am in possession of all that knowledge, and I hope to uh, impart it, and I think I did a fair job with my book. I have been contacted by several organizations uh, to see if uh, I could predict earthquakes. Now, how's that going? I mean, I would think that, uh, yeah, if you, if you really want to get down to the heart of the matter and find out uh, if the earth is shifting, you've got to really get down and talk to the, some of the lower strata, those entities or whatever, whatever you call it, uh, that are right there where the, where the rubber meets the road. The sub-sub-substrata mm. is what we're talking about. Well, unfortunately, many of the organizations that contacted me, uh, I went belly up. They, they couldn't afford my price tag. And so uh, it's, uh, it's their loss. It's all of our losses. I spent a lot of time walking along the San Andreas Fault, uh-huh. and uh, it's practically singing. Uh-huh. And now I want to know about fossils. Fossils obviously are very ancient. Uh, they, they're more directly tied to living things because, well, they're old trees and things like this that were once thriving, growing, uh, living things that now become calcified. Uh, they must have a story to tell. It must be pretty fascinating. They do have a story to tell with one common denominator. 
they all wish they were still alive. Hmm. The amount of pain that I have perceived when hmm. I whisper to some of the fossils, uh, they're, all, they're all wishing that they had done something different in order to not go extinct. A lot of regret there. What, what kind of a message, what's a, what's a sample that you might pick up from a, one of these fossils? What, what might they whisper to you? I recently whispered uh, to a dinosaur egg. Oh. And uh, the dinosaur egg said, oh, I'm going to have a lovely life. Wait, what's this on top of me? Wow, that's sad. And what, what was on top of them was molten lava. See, now that's, that's all those tragic things are going on underfoot. Uh-huh. Uh, you mentioned in one of your chapters about pebbles and how, how resentful pebbles are. And we don't even think about pebbles having an emotion at all. But you say that you went to a gravel pit one time and you never heard so much complaining in your life. No, I did not because a pebble was once um, a larger body. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there were offloading trucks and a lot of these pebbles were going to be used in, for industrial and home building projects. Concrete and uh, And the racket. Oh. The, the racket that came up, you know. But, were, you uh, trying to, were you trying to communicate to a lot of gravel at one point? I was trying to that. assemble some of these pebbles, mm-hmm. and I grasped them and held them in my arms, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in a way to say, don't worry, don't worry, you're going to be fine. And, and some and of that, the construction people just didn't know what you were, do- and what you were up to. that's when I was led away. I understand, too, you went to a mineral, mineral show uh, mm-hmm. recently in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and that the, the sheer cacophony, the loud sound of it, uh, uh, you had to wear a Protective helmet, construction earphones, and right. things like that. Uh, what what was that like? I didn't enjoy it at all. We went to uh, Crystal Con, mm-hmm. and uh, it was horrible. It was a, a horrible experience uh, until I went to the diamond room, and mm-hmm. you'll be you'll be surprised to know that most diamonds are very very happy. Are they? So they are not regretful, resentful at all. What might a diamond have said to you? Uh, they said to me often, uh, "Where's the girl?" Oh, sure. They could not wait to they get around the They have a sense ne- of their own destiny. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. They are the best friends of women. Did you have any inkling of this growing up? Uh, did you grow up uh, in a desert environment or anything where you were around a lot of rocks? And, you know, was there a time when you, uh, you, you had some sort of experience that only later on, after you'd had the training, did you recognize that you had uh, some kind of an encounter with another uh, rocky being? I'm glad you asked me that because when I was a young boy, 11 years old, I was taken uh, at the Delaware Water Gap in my canoe. Mm-hmm. I fell over into the white water and mm. slammed up against a piece of, of, of what I now know is all, my oldest friend. Uh, that rock is still there. And when I was clinging onto that rock, while my father, my brother, and my two supposed best friends just sailed on laughing, I realized I'm one with the rock. Did you get a sense of what the rock was? Was the rock trying to save you in some way or trying to point you to some kind of rescue? Or what, what was the rock saying? The rock said, just stay here. Those fools will come back for you eventually. And did they come back? They did. How much rocks know about I mean, I think that's the biggest surprise uh, uh, to me is that rocks are observing, they're noticing. Do you find that they can read human beings? Oh, yes. Don't take a rock for granted. They are on the lookout. One thing can come clear from my book, choose your rocks carefully. Well, now that's something that's very important, and you make a big summation at the end of your book about suggestions you make. Uh, you've got a whole uh, long section about aquarium stones. Mm-hmm. I think it was very fascinating. Now, of course, uh, in Los Angeles, you may have heard there's a big, uh, an enormous boulder that's been put up as a work of art. I don't know if you've had a, a chance to it. check that out. That yes. is a, I don't know if a 30-ton boulder that was set up, and, and the, the guests can just walk underneath it. Have you had an opportunity? opportunity to see what he has to say. I went down there and I hope people heed my warning. I heard a lot of snickering coming from that rock. 
snickering as if uh, derisive snickering derisive snickering like look what you've done now i'll get even with you wow that's a major uh, kind of a cautionary thing there people should really you don't want to walk underneath an enormous boulder uh, and and understand that he's he's really making fun and he's uh, snickering at you of course of course well these are these are the gifts that i have and i hope that people can learn from my book to how to uh, whisper themselves. You've uh, it's certainly opened doors for me, and I know you have for a lot of people. You're touring around the world right now talking to different groups. I understand uh, you're going to be going uh, to Hawaii pretty soon and talking to people at the site of a lava flow. Uh, I imagine that's a whole different kind of uh, communication you get from that rock. Yes, I'm going to be doing several experiments at the, at the rim of several volcanoes, and I haven't quite... Uh, put my finger on how to whisper to something that's once uh, liquid and now hard. So we'll see. Well, we're looking forward to that. I hope you'll come back to the show, Norris. Uh, Norris Efron, author of the book on uh, rock whispering. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me.